0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: we all take on different roles every day one minute you're a parent the next a chef or a driver
0: So what can you get for a fiver these days? A matchday programme and a half, probably about three letters in the back of your palace shirt, and roughly 10% of Wilfred Zohar's left thumbnail. Or, eight beers from Beer 52. That's right, Beer 52 will deliver you eight beers right to your front door for just £5. You don't even have to leave the house. Oh wait, you can't. Yeah. Each month, Beer 52 send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent themes have included the USA... Home of Jovan Karovski, Ireland. Home of Damien Delaney. Korea. Home of Chung Yong Lee. Germany. Home of Marco Reich. And New Zealand. Home of... Um, hmm. Have we never had a player from New Zealand? If you're looking to stock up or just fancy trying something different, then Beer 52's Craft Beer Discovery Club is for you. And, like Dave Bassett after joining Palace as manager in 1984, you can change your mind and pause or cancel your account at any time. Every case also includes the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Just go to beer52.com forward slash FYP to get your first case of eight beers for £5. That's the word beer and the number's 52.com forward slash FYP. Right, on with the podcast. To the five year plan podcast. Yay! 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. 329, yeah, our third or fourth, or I've lost count, isolation podcast uh, that we're recording on Zoom. I'm delighted to be looking at the faces of Andy Street, Kevin Day, and James Endicott. Lads, how are you? Isolated,
2: great, fine, just but good. Jealous of Andy Street's background because he's got Sellers Park in the background.
3: And you just got a lot of accounts. No, I'm actually, I'm actually yeah. at Sellers Park. Oh, you've been there for three yeah, weeks. curfew. Yeah, I'm, I'm not allowed out. I'm in the foundation's box.
0: You're living on hot dogs. Yes. <laughs> an eagle red. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lad, so obviously it's the main pod this week, which of course means that the regular admin is back. Are you ready for an iTunes review? Yeah. Yes, definitely. This one comes from a name that I should have prepared beforehand. Devops Obsbrydka. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So late, right? Yep. They've put excellent pod with even better personalities. So that's a strong start. As a Palace Ooh. fan in the States, <laughs> I don't have anyone to share my Palace-based frustrations with and constantly Aww. have to listen to people bicker solely about the big six. <laughs> it's nauseating. I've just read a previous review about a US- US-based Palace fan and thought I'd chime in The chemistry between the guys is excellent and has a great balance of perspectives. Mm -hmm. They really do make the fan base as a whole seem like a true family. The, in capitals, Palace Pod, C-O-Y-P. Do you know what? It's not in the theme of a Palace staff member, but I think it deserves some FYP badges, don't you? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. That's a lovely
2: review. Thank
1: you, Dev Rob. Very, very well written, Kev. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Spell it, JD, spell it out so we can do full justice to the name.
0: Okay, here we go. D-E-V-O-S... Yeah, yeah, B S B S J S.
2: Oh, yeah, fair
0: enough. That's KKA. Yeah, all right, all right. hello, uh, anyway. <laughs> well, thank you. We'll, we'll send you some badges. Um, are you ready for a patron shout out? Yeah. Yes, can I get a drum roll? I regret asking for that. Uh, this is someone I think I've read out before, but I can't remember. Anyway, he's got a great name, it's Nigel Clibbons. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. nice one Nodge what yeah. a legend and you can join our patron at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast now lads what we're going to do this week is uh people have been enjoying our, our street <laughs> <laughs> changing the backgrounds. actually can I can I turn off your video
2: <laughs> no I love it that's funny it's a Golden Gate Bridge. It's great. It's
0: funny. Actually, I feel bad oh, about that. Dear. Hang on. I feel bad about Put that. Him so, it Put him back on. Put him back up.
2: The power has got to me. Um, Otherwise, we just have to see his name. This is, this is perfect for a podcast, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So, it's because it's not visual at all, is it? He's <laughs> doing...
0: He's doing... Straight's doing that cheap...
2: Oh, no, he's changing it to a terrible living room. Oh. oh that's the funniest <laughs> one yet. A <laughs> terrible bedroom, actually.
0: <laughs> really?
2: Oh, that's nice nice light. Oh, that'll explain the mirror on the ceiling. Lovely.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, Lads. um,
2: And the picture of yourself
0: on the wall. (laughs) Uh, This week, we're going to do a nostalgic look back, as we have been doing in recent weeks. People have been telling us they've been enjoying, which is lovely. We're going to take a 23-man squad. Well, we're going to do half of it because it'll take too long. Half a 23-man squad with every player that's played from 1 to 23. I think we'll do 1 to 11 today. and then 12-23 to next week, and we're going to pick the best squad. Before we do that, as Kevin said off-air, every day things are changing with this COVID-19 situation and football in general, but I think we should pay tribute to Roy Roy Hodgson's fantastic message that he put out to Palace fans on the official website yesterday. The highlights for me, Kevin, was his review of the football documentaries he's watching. We need a constant review, don't we, from Roy on his TV shows?
2: It's, it was like one of those uh, round robin letters you get from an elderly uncle at Christmas. <laughs> and he says, Well, you know, the dentist trip didn't go too well, but the dogs are fine. Exactly. It, it, was, it was lovely. But also, his tribute to the NHS was was absolutely fantastic and how we uh, have to make sure they're properly funded afterwards. But it was it was great. And I think we're all genuinely pleased to know that Roy's keeping well and happy.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Ender's actually, if we say this time and time on this podcast. Uh, but there are moments that come up like this where you just you're very grateful we've got a statesman like Roy in yeah. charge for moments like this. He's he's the elder statesman not only of Palace but of football in general, I yes, believe.
1: And I think he is. You know, I think you know, I think moments like that that let us just prove that football people do look up at Roy. You yes. know, look at Roy. he's he's, uh, he's been there. He's done it all. He's he's a grand old age of you know whatever. And um, you know, but he's he's a tribute not only to
0: himself but, and to Crystal Palace, but to football. And good on him. Yeah, yeah. Andy's got that look on his face that makes me think he's looking for another ridiculous background. <laughs> I know that look way too well. Trouble always follows that look. Um, Andy, <laughs> if there was a world where Roy Hodgson was able to run for office, I think we'd all vote for him, wouldn't we? Depends yeah. how far he'd have to run. Yep. Well. <laughs>
3: He's yeah, quite I mean, always, uh, always have to be careful not to say anything political on this podcast just in case anyone gets upset but um i, I agree that he was very statesmanlike in uh, what he said um I hit all the right notes on all the right subjects at the right time, so well done, Roy. I very much enjoyed reading it
0: cool. good i mean Ooh, and wow. to be honest if this um <laughs> if this Ooh. lockdown goes on longer, which I think we probably think it will do for at least another month or so, if not more. I would happily have more updates from Roy. So if the club are listening, please give us more updates from Roy Hodgson on what he's doing on his daily basis and his TV no, no, reviews. No, no, not daily. It doesn't need to be daily. No, okay. No, no. Sorry. No, a, week, no. a weekly update, maybe. A, a weekly. Weekly's great. Weekly's great. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> Listen, shall we crack on with uh, our athletic article this week, which is another dip into nostalgia. Oh, actually, and I think, actually, the player... The player featured, I think, is going to feature later on in the pod. Um, The Athletic are a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based website and app, and they're completely ad-free. No annoying pop-ups, no ads, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. Do I have to keep doing this bit? Yes, I do. Visit theathletic.co.uk, forward slash fyp to start a seven-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. I've no idea why it's changed to seven days. Ask them, not me. This week's article is from the one and only Dom Firefield, who's been doing, he and Matt have been doing a lovely spread of nostalgic... Articles going back to big days in Palace's history, and this is back to one back in 1999, 3rd of April 1999, so almost exactly 21 years ago. And the article is called Rebooted, a day after 56 redundancies, a Palace miracle brought tears of joy. And I'm about to read out an (laughs) extra one of the players involved, and I did not know he was capable of producing tears, but here we go. It was very emotional. I remember going to clap the supporters, just shake a few hands, but people pulled me into the crowd and I ended up in floods of tears. Adds Dean Austin. They were saying how much it meant to them and that we hadn't abandoned the club in its darkest hour. How grateful they were that we'd stuck around. It was a result that probably banished fears of relegation that season and allowed the club to concentrate on sorting out financial rescue plan and the knowledge we'd be in Division 1 the following year. Looking back, it was probably the turning point for me. That year, I'd lost to injury and all those afternoons training at the gym on my own while the lads were playing. From that moment on, I was appreciated a bit more, accepted. I, I, and in this article before that, it goes into some of the abuse that Dean Austin used to get and how down he felt about it. He really did. That one goal, that one day, really turned around Dean Austin's Palace career, Kevin, didn't it?
2: Yes, it did, and it, in, in exceptional circumstances. And it's, it's, I have to say, it's, it's a really, really well-written piece uh, about a time in our history that most of us would probably want to forget, except for the way it galvanised Palace fans. It's one of those times when you've never felt, ironically, never felt happier to be a Palace fan because there was that sense of view. It's happened since, unfortunately, but that day in particular, there's two things that came out of that article in particular. I'd forgotten how many players had gone basically and had, had been offloaded by the administrator who didn't want Dean Austin to play that day. And also, I'd forgotten that we had so many kids playing in that team, but also what it brings in the start photos for all that everything we've spoken about Roy Hodgson is absolutely 100% right but if we ever have a statue of a manager at sellers park it's got to be Steve Coppell because that article just reminds you yeah, it's, it's not just what he did on the pitch but the way he you know the, the whole club crystallized around him at the time ever he he pulled everybody together he said all the right things about the staff that had been laid off he he inspired those youngsters he inspired the fans and and yeah, he he was a, a genuine leader at the time. But it's it's a it's a great art, and it's, football fans. It's often that, strangely the adverse times that you remember better. You hate them at the time because you you can't see a way out of them. But when you're when you're twenty years down the line, and and you're doing as well as we are, they they do take on this sort of sort of rosy hued nostalgia, don't they? Really, that at the time you you didn't feel that would
0: ever happen. Yeah, that's absolutely right, and I think that's why we also love the uh, the Hillsborough heroes, the Paddies, and and the Clint Hills and the Julian's, because God, during that decade, James, there's numerous bad times. (laughs) Flaming was more bad than good. But reading that article, there's also quotes from a young striker called Andy Martin, who I remember Mm. playing for for Palace. Oh yeah, He's now a teacher or something. But he was saying that him and Andy Frampton made their debuts. David Woosley had just made his debut. And they were looking looking up at the likes of Clinton Morrison and Hayden Mullins as the experienced first team. It was a bizarre situation. I I remember that Norwich game, but it wasn't until I read Dom's article, I hadn't remembered just how in it we were with the kids then. It really was remarkable.
1: It was totally remarkable. It's a... I, I don't think we'll ever get a time like that again, really, you know, because I think the even the last 20 years, the game has changed immeasurably. But, um, yeah, it's it's um, it's um just great hearing those names that you've completely forgotten about and yeah. then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I can't remember that. And it brings it yeah. all back to you. And it's, uh, you know, and it was 20 years ago and you think it was only <laughs> yesterday, but it's, you know, it's quite a, quite a while ago. Uh, but, you know, again, it just proves that it's those moments when powers of a club have sort of come together and And it's just really nice to read it. And hopefully a lot of Crystal Palace fans
2: read it and get a good vibe out of it because it's a very positive piece. It's really strange to read him say, Andrew Martin, that uh, Clinton was so quiet on the pitch and you couldn't shut him up in the dressing room. But out on the pitch, he was so focused there was barely a word out of him, which is really hard to understand, isn't it? Yeah, very weird.
0: Yeah, I think Clinton's changed in many in many ways yeah. and that is one of them. Andy, there's a really nice bit at the, at the start of the article where it says that Palace were late for that Norwich game. They turned up at mm. 2.30 that afternoon, which is insane. You think about when players t- were supposed to turn up and do their warm-ups and stuff and they'd got the coach from London because the administrator had banned them staying in a hotel overnight because it was too expensive. That's the amount of penny pinching we're talking about. I mean, that's a world away from where we are now, isn't it? And I, and I know that we look know we all talk about on this podcast about how these are the glory days but when you compare it to the sort of penny pinch we're talking about there we really have come so far we really are now where we would have dreamed to be at that time Does, does it do these sort of articles put it into perspective for you in some way should they
3: yeah i think they do um i think sometimes we with the sepia hue of nostalgia forget the extent to which pastimes were actually a bit rubbish, and <laughs> notwithstanding that it was great as a galvanising period, you know, ultimately people were losing their jobs. Mm. Um, players were wondering whether or not they would be kept on. Some of them ended up being moved on, probably when they were hoping that they wouldn't be. Um, and it brings into focus for me that you, you quite often hear a lot of our fans pining for the championship, but unfortunately, one of the realities of the championship is the club becomes significantly worse off. People mm. lose their jobs. And the specter of financial difficulty looms ever larger. So I, I think that, more than anything, that, that type of article and that type of recollection of the really difficult era does bring that into focus for me. Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree. And um, it's just because uh, that was a seminal time for me, Kevin, actually, being a Palestine. That was the season I got my first season ticket in the Homesdale. And I'd moved. I was sitting with my dad and his mate, Leonard, and I realised I wanted to be in the sweary end, as it was at the time. Because <laughs> um, it was way more fun than than the family said. And in a weird way, as you said earlier, when, when the things are really bad at Palace, they kind of are more fun in a way. And I, I, I don't know if it's just a sort of battling against the odds kind of thing and just galvanising people, but...
2: Well, it's also when it's when it's you mentioned the age thing. I mean, James Enders and I obviously we probably started our families by then. But when when you remember the the times when you're twenty one, twenty two, when you go into every home and away game, that's your season, and you've, that's the season you think of as yours. In particular, it's like yeah. the nostalgia thing is astonishing. The last time I was filming at Man City, yeah, you know, in the Champions League. And in the quarter-finals, and yet every single Man City fan you speak to says their favourite game was the 1999 playoff <laughs> when they came back from you know, scored two goals against Gillingham in the last seconds. And Wembley must be much bigger than it, than it was because there seems to be about 250,000 of them <laughs> there at the time. But that's—it's it's always the way you that you, know, you you remember a certain time, a certain generation, and like Man City fans yearn for the time when they were you know struggling in that division, which is which is odd and. It's it's human nature, I'm afraid, and especially at this, this stage where we're all, we've got no football to look at. So you, it's, it's odd, isn't it? Instead of remembering brilliant games, you remember the ones where you came back from 3-0 down or the ones where you lost 1-0, but it was with a team of kids. It's, it's, it's odd. It's the nature of the football beast, isn't it?
1: I think yeah. not, getting, not getting too philosophical about it, too heavy about it, I think you, we follow these football teams and when they're not doing well, it makes you feel better because you're doing better than they are. <laughs> so yeah. In, in a really weird way. It kind of makes you feel good about your life. You go to work on Monday and your kids and your wife and everything and, and you feel better about yourself because your team's is doing so <laughs> shit. Yeah, but
3: it's also I, weird, think,
2: you know? I think you identify, you know, Palace are a good team by by all criteria, but we haven't always been. And I think you identify more with a team that, for success. It's like Arsenal fans, Man United fans are blasé about going to Wembley for semi-finals we will never be like that. And it, in, yeah. in the same way that probably a Colchester <clears throat> fan or a Hereford fan feels more of an affinity with his club than a Liverpool fan will because they're much closer to it. You, 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 know, you see the financial aspects of, of a defeat and it's the same with us when you're, when you're struggling. You, you kind of identify with it even more, it becomes a badge of honour even more that you support a team that's struggling. And then you you, want, you make more of an effort to go into an away game when times are tough than you do when times yeah. are good in the way. You know
0: I mean? Absolutely. And you have to go through these bad moments to then appreciate the good moments, you know, the cup final here and there the playoff finals, when you get them. And actually, every generation of Palace fan has had that up and down. You know, I remember missing out on the early 90s and thinking, well, I'll never get to watch Palace be that good. And now they're better than they are. But I still had to go through administration twice to get there there as a fan. So, Andy, I think in a way, these these are just the things that clubs put us through that you have to. And and Ke- Andy's, uh, Kevin's right. The supporters of the big clubs so will never quite get it because they'll never have been... Th- uh,
3: I, I I have to take complete exception to you saying that every generation has been through it. If you're 18, you would have been 11 when we went up yeah. in 2013. You've not seen any bad times to uh, youngsters. <laughs> but also, but again, that's why
2: you'll find discussion in the pub before Palace games, and please God, that will be quite soon. Older fans who have been through it are more philosophical about club owners who are financially cautious. Because we know what the what the results are of club owners coming in who can't afford the club or who spend money they haven't got trying to get into the Champions League. When we know what the result is of, of ch- like Charlton fans know more than any other club what the result is of chasing that European dream or you know, and and thinking that you deserve to be a Premier League club. And spending money, you haven't got to, to to say that. Whereas younger fans, who, as Andy says, probably haven't been through it, don't understand why we're not desperately trying to spend seven, six to get into Europe. So there's, I think there's more, we are more probably philosophical than, you know, the, young, the youngsters have got the ambition and the older ones. It's the same as the argument in this house. It's like, you know, Ed, Ed's on the very far left of the Labour Party and I want an electable Labour Party. So there's there's that balance, isn't it?
0: And he said, don't get horrible. political. Youth is horrible. wasted on the young. Youth <laughs> is
2: wasted on the young, you see, that's the problem. There, fair Kev.
1: yeah.
0: but Ke- yeah. Kevin, as you've said numerous times on this podcast down the years, at some time, Palace will get relegated again. So those 18-year-olds yeah. will have to go through the bad times at some point like we all did.
2: We've just lost Enders and Street. They've just visibly got up and walked down oh, Street's back.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, do you know what? That's probably a good part to end this part on then. But I'll remind you that... He's... I'm worried <laughs> about Enders. Has he gone for a toilet break? What's? <laughs> I don't know. We'll check in on him during the break. Um, if you visit the effect at Oh, no, slash... no, Oh, new headphones. Yeah if you visit the athletic.co.uk just
1: went to the fridge to get a beer
0: sorry <laughs> oh my god if you visit the athletic.co.uk forward to the you can start a 7 day free 12 and receive 50% of your subscription Easter Monday I can do what I want oh I got there just about um, after the break we're going to pick half of our all time Palace squad Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save
1: you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials.
0: Welcome back to the five-year plan One second. Podcast. There you go. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, it's pod. Oh, I don't know what number it is. Uh, Three something. 329. 329. Thank you very much. Um, It's time for the first half of, uh, as Kevin pointed out, this is going to take way too long. So we're doing half this week, half next week, one to 23, every player that's played in a one to 23 squad number. So basically since the uh, start of the premier league season, including some championship years, we're going to go through them and pick, our best ever squad. Lads, have you looked at the squads I sent over? Have you done any research into this whatsoever, Kevin? Yeah, it was, it was,
1: no. very, it was quite small print, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really too far too small for me. Really small print. Yeah, really small. I got yeah, confused was, with the layout as well, didn't understand it. The layout was yeah, really was, hard, yeah. really hard. Because I had to make it bigger on my phone and then it just and I didn't know what that was. And I kept looking I kept asking the kids and they looked at me like I was mad.
2: Mm.
1: I was oh, like, yeah. but this is this is like
2: a this is a spreadsheet, isn't it? Yeah. But you'll lead us through it, JD. Well, we'll yeah, see. Of course you will. We'll see what happens. You're our leader, JD.
0: Hmm.
2: I'll start number one, it, it, Speroni. Nigel, right, number two, Nigel Martin.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Oh. Why, don't I, why don't I give you the players that played in that position or in that okay. squad number? And then we'll go around and you can tell me who you're going to pick. So, in number one, Nigel Martin, Kevin Miller, Stuart oh. Taylor, Alex oh. Kalinko, Matt Clark. Julian Speroni, Gabor Kiroy, and Scott Flinders. Kevin, who stands out for you from those numbers? I can, I can probably imagine some that don't.
2: Well, I, well, I've got very fond memories of Kalinko having to punch up on the, on the bench well, when things weren't going particularly well. That was very funny. But I, I, I think, much as we love... G, I, I, it's got to be Nigel, surely, isn't it? I would have thought. Yeah. So, I was talking
1: about the best player... Yeah. Oh, we're talking about our favourite player. Best, 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 best. Nigel Martin.
2: It's got to be Nigel Martin.
0: I it mean, I, th- I think, uh, obviously, you know, a nod to Julian. Fact. I mean, a nod to <laughs> Julian, who of course. I think is our most influential player ever, in a way, uh, when you think about what he's been through with Palace and what he means to the club. And he won Player of the Year four times, which no one's done. Although, Wilf will probably will do that at some point.
2: So no, I'm looking it's... at Streety's face. Streety doesn't agree with any of this, I can tell.
3: No, I, 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 I made my position clear on this point when we did the Palace 11 the other week, and I don't intend to uh, repeat my points. Was, Brilliant. So, jo- John Jackson, you're <laughs> Okay, very good. Uh... I, mean, I think I said that Ferroni was more of a cult hero, but Martin had played to a, a slightly higher level. Yeah. So, I probably would have gone. It's so crazy from, to repeat yourself.
2: <laughs> those people
3: who weren't here before. i
2: to saying you wouldn't.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, Such I'm a lawyer. A facetious liar, to point, liar, but, um, liar, 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 lawyer, lawyer. Well, he
0: liar. knows that if he repeats himself, he can charge more. So <laughs> that's correct. That is correct. Being as the three of you are going to go for Nigel, I'm going to go for Julian just to give him a I'm going to go for
3: Speroni to, Spironi, Sp- Spironi to uh, lead the split slate. Okay. God, mm-hmm. I hate you so mm. much.
0: I think we're going to go for Nigel on that one. Although, um, obviously, lots of love and shouts to Julian as well. Nigel Martin is our number one. Would you like to hear the players who have played? In number two. Yeah. Mark right. Ed... Mark Edworthy. We are not Edworthy. <laughs> John, John Humphrey. <laughs> Jamie Smith. Curtis Ooh. Fleming. Danny Butterfield. Oh. Matt Lawrence, Lawrence. Yes. Nathaniel Klein. And Joel Ward. I'm going to say wow. it. I'm going to say it, James. Much of a muchness from that lot. That's Nice. No, it's a good
3: players, is it? I think it's a good no, place there. No, it's a good there. place,
0: but I think much of much just in terms of quality. I think they're all all
1: fairly... Mm, I think there's some better than others. Uh, you know, I've got a very soft spot for Matt Lawrence because I became very good friends with Matt. And when I used to run a record label called 1965 Records, I sponsored Matt's shirt for two or three years. Did you? So, yeah, yeah, I did, yes. So my, oh, sorry, my, uh, my little thing about my record label was in the program every week. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a very from uh, you know, uh, but was he the best number two? No, but he was probably my favourite number two. I don't know. you know, I really love Johnny H, and I don't know. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of great players in there. Yeah, you, know, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't say great players, but I would say there's a lot of um, players that we've got a lot of affection for. I would probably say
2: Nathaniel Klein, but probably the best player there. Kevin. Yeah, you got you got a couple of players that have played of other numbers, maybe better as well. But yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. Curtis Fleming, I, I mean, he was it, he was wasn't there for long, but he was I mean, he was player player coach, wasn't he? Yeah, self appointed player coach for a couple of games. He was he bond like. He, he, was, he was, was a bond player. like. Wasn't yeah, he? he was a good player. Um, I would. It's a toss up for me between Johnny hum- John Humphrey and, and Nathaniel Klein, and it, it's. Uh, I I would go Nathaniel Klein. I'd have to. I, it's always hard. It's, instinctively, because as each decade goes by, a player who played 20 years after John Humphrey is going to be fitter, stronger yeah, 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 yeah. than John Humphrey would be. And if you were picking a team... To play now, you wouldn't pick John Humphrey. But uh, I, really like, I really like Johnny H. He yeah, no, I'm cool. going to go. I? Actually, I'm going to go Johnny H. I think Ooh.
0: Johnny H. Well, I generation. think uh, Kevin's right. We can use the context of how good the team for football was at the time. So don't compare it, you know, generation to generation, but take into account how good they were. At the time. Andy, I can't believe no one has mentioned Joel Ward. For me, it's Wardian. Well, I mean, you can either, you can either oh, really? pick the number okay. two
3: that that won a playoff final, including saving a goal off the off the line, and then has been number two for every single one of the seasons in our longest ever Premier League run. For lost his place to fifty million pound right back, and then reclaimed it and got good again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or you can give an incorrect answer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or you can point out if John Humphrey was in the squad, Wardy wouldn't have got. that's a fair—that's a fair answer from the lawyer. I wouldn't—I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that.
0: And and I mean, I'm going to go for Ward, and I loved Mark Edworthy. I think he was absolutely okay. brilliant for us. But I think the stats back Wardy, Kevin. Surely, don't they?
3: Yeah, well,
2: again, it's it, and that's always difficult. If if somebody has a brilliant three, yeah, you know, like Ashley Cole probably the best left-back we've ever had, but he only played three months for Palace. Yeah. He went on to become a, a, you know, one of the best left-backs the country's ever produced. So is it fair to judge him against somebody who's played 10 seasons for, you know? Wardy would get the nod because of his loyalty and what he's done. But I think it's fair because he's he proved it consistently over more seasons against better opposition. So yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with Ward. Well,
0: that's, 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 that's very fair. And that's three votes for Ward Enders. i go for Johnny H., <laughs> oh, no, well, there you go! He's joining gets to get mention. So, Joel Ward is our number two in our best ever squad. There is quite a few players at number three. I'm going to reel them off for you. Here we go: Dean Gordon, Andy Frampton, <laughs> Matthew Upson, Jamie Fullerton, Danny Granville, Craig, Tony Craig. I to forgot oh, wow. his first name. Clint Hill. Jeez. uh David Wright, Jazz Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian Mariapa and Patrick Van Arnholt. Uh, Andy, let's go to you first there. Uh, What names jump out for you?
3: I'm going to go with Jazz just to wind up Kevin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And your actual answer?
3: (laughs) Um, Jazz. I I watched back the um, 94 to 95, no, 93 to 94 season review that Palace had put online. And Dean Gordon scored a couple of decent goals that season, and also wore a phenomenally awful waist jacket and mm. coat thing that were that was very typical bad 90s London fashion. So I'm going to go with Dean Gordon just for that. Was it not one between Mariapa and Van Arnold?
0: No. Oh, well. Mariapa 2013 to 14, 14, 15, 15, 16, and then PVA since then. See, I
2: would go for Dean Gordon, but by Streetie's logic, you should go for Van Arnold, basically. But I would still... <laughs> I I would still go Dean I I know it's best to not favorite but just because of the memories I've got of Dean Gordon's goals I'm going to put Dean Gordon in there.
0: Yeah, but I don't think I don't think uh it's unfair to say he was one of our best because when you think of the context of the teams he played in he probably yeah, it, was one of the best players there and a very important player.
2: Yeah, and I'd say a better defender than Van Arnold. I think they're both as good as each other going forward but I'd say marginally better defender than Van Arnold.
0: Uh, mm, I'm going to let Enders vote before I do because uh, I'm actually torn between PVA. I'm actually going to say Dean Gordon and it's on purely nostalgic
1: terms which is probably not why I should be voting for him but it was just a really great time when he was in the team and mm. really, I had as, a really, as we kev, I've got great memories of Dean Gordon and also he had a left foot like I've never seen before. I mean, incredible. Yeah. And he was fast
0: as fuck, fast as flip as well.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can swear, mate. I'll, I'll bleep it out. I'll, I like flip, that. flip, 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 flip. I like what we've done there. Is that uh, we've used uh, the exact opposite criteria there from number two to number three. It to know three what? Yeah. Well, it's our that's podcast. football, isn't it? That's yeah. football. We can do what we want. None of the other names jump out for anyone. It is really PVA versus Gordon, isn't it? No, I mean, Mariapa, We actually in the po- post uh, extra pod this week we did our most underrated eleven, and I my shout was Mariapa at centre back. I think Kevin he was quite underrated. Just, he's gone on to have a decent career at Watford as well.
2: But oddly, I wouldn't associate him as a as a left back. I, I would think of him as a centre back before I thought of him as a left back. To be perfectly honest, he's one of those players who like say falls through the crowd. I mean, Clint Hill for the time was a a really really good. Championship fullback. But I mean, if you were picking a team to play today, I would still have Dean Gordon rather than PBA, to be perfectly honest. On, on. football reasons, not
0: just on, on nostalgia reasons. Or clothing reasons, as of course, yeah, Andy yeah, has yeah. gone for. Uh it's official. Dean Gordon is our left back. Oh, um, well, good to hear it. Guys, there are some absolute belters. Oh my god, there's so many at number four. I've got to scroll across the screen. Okay, number four is as follows. Oh my god, there's some big names. Gareth Southgate. Okay. Andy Andy Roberts. Oh, cool. Sasa Churchich oh. The aforementioned Dean Austin Danny Butterfield Sean Derry Oh Sean Derry Derry Ward Which I think is Darren Ward And not yeah. Joel yeah. Um, Clint Hill again Claude Davis <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Parr Breda Hangeland Matya Flamini Or Luka Milivojevic Kevin where do we start there? Wow. Well,
2: again, see, Southgate is is somebody I'd arguably have in as centre back uh, rather than a, a four later on. I Flamini would be funny, wouldn't he? Uh, <laughs> he was. I mean, he was a great player in his time, and just not really when he came to us. Basically, Andy Roberts. Was I mean, he was uh,
1: hard as nails?
2: He was proper throwback, hard player. Millwall boy, wasn't he?
1: Was he? he was he? Was, yeah. he was and he was hard yeah. as. And I, yeah. I used to, I, I used to know him because he was mates with Matty Lawrence. And of course. his, uh, his parents wouldn't come to see him because it was a Palace. There was oh really? <laughs> there were such Millwall fans, yeah,
2: <laughs> which I loved. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, interesting. There's a there's a lot of players that done before. I would I would probably have to go Luka. I don't know. There's there's no.
1: You've got to go Sean Derry, man. Absolutely Sean. Oh, no, You've got to go Sean. You've got to go Sean. He's a friend of the pod, if nothing else.
0: Yeah. Sean. Wait, and there's being used that as our criteria now.
1: No, 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 no. Sean Derry was the sort, sort it... of player that we, we often talk about on the pod, we haven't done for a few years, that we cry out for. We cry yeah. out for someone like Sean. Somebody who's got something about him, but also gets in there and pulls a
2: team up by the scruff of his neck. And he did that. I... Oh, what, can, you, can you just give me two minutes while I go and drink three cans of... Lager really quickly, so I can keep up with you. I would actually. I wouldn't. That, just, that, that. I'll go with Sean. Yeah, Sean Derry. Why
0: not? I think Sean's a great shout, and um, I mean, like Luca, a leader on the pitch, but yeah, but more of a leader. Is that is that unfair? Maybe because of maybe Andy because of the situation he's been through at Palace. You know, he was just absolutely perfect us at that time. But yeah, who are you going to go for, Street?
3: I'm going to go for the man who scored multiple Premier League goals, Lukaku. Avoid it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're not tempted Ooh. by Darren. Own...
3: Not tempted by him. He's mm. he's, uh, he's he's got some exceptional dance moves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, very good
3: dance moves, and he's, he sits out he seems like a. Really lovely chap. Um, I mean, you've not set out what our criteria are when not we just have to pick sort of cult heroes or just best. No, best best is obviously
2: Luka. No, that's a fair point. Sasso Kirchitz, of course, was was mentioned in that Athletica article because... He'd gone back to Bill Grade because his family would be in bomb, so it was another reason he could. I think Street is actually right. We should be it should be best, but my worry is it's always going to be the Premier League choice then. Yeah, uh, I, I, but I think actually, but is it all uh, Premier League teams, all Premier League players anyway? But we put Dean Gordon in. Oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, but it is. Got...
0: It's going to include all the reasons oh, it's going to include all the current squads. Yeah. No, I, so... I think
2: no. Dean Gordon was in before Van. Ard, but I think Luca. Yeah, Luca. Uh, I know. I don't want to ad- agree with the last person that spoke every time, but. Luca Luca should be well
0: Kevin I don't know if this will persuade you or not but I'm I've been swayed by enders I'm going to go for Sean Derry so in a way you've got the deciding vote no Luca oh for f*** that's 2v2 um I had not prepared for this
2: well well like Strictly Come Dance you're the head judge you're the
0: I'm I'm the head judge yeah
2: so the head judge you're that woman from Blackpool who used to be who used to be Len Goodman
0: Uh, okay (laughs) in that case what I'm gonna go. It's Sean Derry, you just
2: said so. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, now, yeah, but now he, he the power, of, Now the power can't power say of two things. Decided. No, I'm gonna go Sean Derry. I'm gonna okay. go Sean. Sean, Sean Derry four. Is. Although, you know, shout out to Danny Butterfield, who's obviously got two numbers in this list. Shout out to Dean yeah. Austin as well, who mentioned yeah. we haven't yeah. even talked about, but Derry gets in at number four. Uh, number five, fewer players, thankfully, and they are, I'm gonna go backwards this time from current to uh, earliest, James Tompkins. Paddy McCarthy, Mark Hudson, Kit Simons, Fanzie He, David Tuttle and Eric Young. Let's go to Andy Street first. James Tompkins. For fuck's sake. Okay, let's go to Just James. I'm going to go. Uh,
2: okay. Eric Young. Eric Young. I'm going to go. and This is not a nostalgia thing. I, Eric Young, for me, is a better centre-back than... He was a brilliant player, possibly. Eric Young. And also, he could play football as well, Eric Young. He was athletic right. and
1: he was tall yeah. and he could move around the pitch and he was commanding and he could move yep. forward. I would Very definitely right. say Eric Young. And he, he had a great head of the ball as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and he had the headband as well. So, obviously, puts him uh, head and above well. he the rest... well.
2: Wel- you know why he's a Welsh international?
0: Because he was
2: born was in Singapore. Yeah. And he got to choose his country. Yeah. yeah. He has got to choose which of the home nations he
0: wanted to play for. It's a good choice, to be yeah. fair. Um just give us context then, Kevin and Enders, on how good he was compared to someone like James Tompkins, who obviously is a fantastic defender and is proving to be one of our best of a Premier League well, side.
2: It, but... it, it's comparing oranges to apples, but Eric, Young was... Um, it was a, it was mainly him and Andy Thorne, wasn't it? And they were Thorne was the old-fashioned stopper, if you like, but Eric Young was a very, very mobile, very athletic, very good in the air, but also very comfortable on the ball, slightly ahead of his time, uh, I think it was like Vincent Company sort of player. I think he was, you know? was exactly Kev. He was a very modern player. You could see him yeah. playing for a
1: team like Manchester City yeah. these days. He, he, he had that, that quality about him, yeah. without a doubt. If he had been around now, you know, he probably would have got on the team because he'd probably been in his 50s.
2: So yeah. I'm just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm happy, I'm happy with Eric Young as my choice, without a doubt. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And that's, and that's not pure nostalgia either. No, it's not. That's, no, no. that's based on how good they are.
0: No, I would take that. I massively will uh, take that. Any, sh- uh, Just any thoughts on the remaining players? Dave Tuttle, bit of a character. Fancy he, bit of a character. Kit Simons, bit of a legend. Paddy McCarthy as well, who we had on the pod. Obviously, great players. Some, there's some big names in there.
2: Yeah, Fan Fan played. He was one of the ones left for that Norwich game, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were. I mean, there were exciting times when they turned up, but they were, I mean, both Fan and Son were headless chickens for the first three or four games, wouldn't they? It kind of took them a while to get to the pace of the game. Tuttle was all right as a player, actually. Kit, yeah. Simons, Kit Simons was a, it was decent, but no, I think the choice is always
0: going to be between Eric Young and Tompkins. There we go, then. Eric Young gets in at our number five. Street uh, is
2: preparing an appeal, obviously, now. So yeah. Going straight to Cass, the court of arbitration for sport. <laughs> he's, he's missing everything else out. Um, <laughs>
3: right,
0: number six has a lot of players and I'm going to not include the current squad member so that Andy can't say them. Um, <laughs> you know what? I wasn't actually going
3: to go with the current squad member. Right, okay, go.
0: Okay. good. All right, I'm intrigued. We'll come to you first then. Uh, the players that are for number six for Palace are Chris Coleman, Andy Linegan, David Woosley, Neil Ruddock, David Hopkins, Tony Popovich, Leon Court, Jose Fonte, Adam Barrett, Anthony Gardner, Scott Dan, Jose Campana, Aaron Martin, and Jacob Butterfield. My word, there are some blasts past there. Andy, uh, Scott, Scott Dan, Dan currently wears number six. Does Scott Dan, know number six, they must do currently. Uh, um, yeah, Scott Dan. you just like to him?
3: No, I'm going to go with Jose Fonte. Okay. A uh, left reasoning. field choice. Your reasoning? Uh, won a European Championship, uh, captained West Ham in top flight, mm. um, pretty good. What oh, about wasn't, when he was at Palace? Wasn't, so. <laughs> wasn't as good as when he was at Palace, but uh, if, if everyone else can be really arbitrary while they're choosing
0: certain players, I can too. <laughs> Kevin Fonte was a, Fonte was good at Palace, and he was he, he was a, I mean he was playing in a team that wasn't surrounded by many sort of uh, legends in there, but he was definitely a cut above the rest of them. Actually, similar in a way to how you're describing Eric Young.
2: Yeah, there's an interesting one. Scott, Scott Dan. Uh, at his best, I think we haven't seen Scott Dan quite at his best in the last two seasons. But I think mean, Scott Dan at his best, Fonte was a really, really good player. But I would still, I would go for Scott Dan at his best. Uh, well, for Palace rather than uh, for other clubs. But Scott Dan at his best for Palace would be ahead of Fonte for me. Just again, I thought there would be better players than that at, that, at number six for some reason.
0: Well, you've uh, got. You, I mean, you've got you've got some real randoms, obviously. who I won't Yeah, even... but Hopkins obviously wasn't.
2: Bother yeah, mentioning he the midfielders at six,
0: isn't it? Yeah, you're going to get that with these kind of numbers in, in the middle, but you've still got the likes of uh Chris Coleman, obviously, who was brilliant for us, and Andy Lindigan was a very good player for us as well. So, and Popovich as well, so there's still some some big names in there.
3: No, I think the only one who comes close to him really for, 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 comes close to Dan for tying at Palace really has got to be Popovich because you know he did play in the top flight, yeah, I, for a little spell, not too badly. I mean, Palace didn't score enough goals that season, but went through a period after they went four five one of being a bit more resolute and defending better. Um, people just, remember him mostly for that Portsmouth ain't goal. I know, I was right, beh- I was right behind the goal.
2: I was filming on the pitch. I was actually right behind the goal on the pitch when that went in. So, so it's your
3: fault then? Yeah.
2: Pretty much, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. But I think I would actually go Scott
3: Down i have got to go well. Scott Down. Scott I mean,
2: Coleman was a very, very good player, but Scott Down would be the one for me. Just, just slightly a more mobile than... Chris Coleman, I
0: mean. well yeah. I'm glad that you've done it for me I was going to go for Scott Dan as well but you've all changed right. your mind and gone for him anyway but um, yeah there's some big names in there I like the idea that we're partnering current or more recent and uh, 90s players in our team as well yeah. so um, Scott Dan gets in at number six and I think it's fair to say he's still doing the business for Palace at the moment mm-hmm. yes yeah. well. yeah. okay this is good this is where it gets interesting number seven my god okay Simon there's or- more
3: of an argument on this one there's an argument for you oldies <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, well, okay. we'll see. We'll come to Enders first on this one. Oh. Simon Roger, Attilio Lombardo, Hayden Mullins, Wayne Routledge, Joby McEnough, Carl Fletcher. I don't think he's going to get in. Darren Ambrose, Yannick Balassi, Johan oh. Kabai, and Max Meyer. Uh, uh, as Kevin said earlier, that's, this is a number that's been used in varying positions there. Wow. It, but who, uh, who you yeah.
1: About? Well, for purely... Obviously, the obviously the best player now is, uh Lombardo. I mean, I mean, it's just obvious, isn't it? I mean, he was when he came, we couldn't believe it. When he played, I saw him play so many times, you know, and he was just incredible. Uh, he he was he is definitely the, if we're going by the criteria of being the best player, he was the best player. who's was, who was worn the number seven shirt
2: in the Premier League era full stop. Mm-hmm. And I think that you, you, there's no argument with that. See, so here's the problem with the numbers thing because you can't compare Kabayi to Balassi. No. You could easily yeah. <laughs> have Kabai and Bellassi in the same team. But I, I have to go... I've, I've said very often on the pod that I think Lombardo would certainly be my top three Palace players ever. And I'm very happy for him to be the number seven, without a doubt. I,
0: well, I will say that Bellassi comes up later on. In, in, yeah, in a, great. That's a, a problem. different problem. But for Northern me, team.
2: Lombardo, considering the team that he played in as well, Lombardo was just a top-class footballer. I mean, proper... One of the few genuine... Are close to world class players that we've had. I would say the weird thing about Lombardo, who's probably getting the team now. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. would do. You know, we often talk
1: about that. Oh, you look at that player from twenty years ago. Or yeah, 15 yeah. Years ago. They were getting. I think a player of his ability would definitely get in our team now.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Lombardo was like fantasy football when he joined. It was just yeah. a, such a ridiculous uh, signing, and he was. He, so many players at that time were coming to the Premier League and flopping. He was coming to the Premier League and he was even better than we thought he was going to be. Yeah. I mean, uh, just for fun, I'm going to vote for Johan Gabay because I think he's my favourite ever player. I just think he's absolutely brilliant. And we talked on that. I, I had him as the underrated on our underrated 11. I got shot down by Celzee and Rob. But um, I, think he's, I just think he's so good. He was such a better player than I thought he was going to be and such a more all-round player.
2: Selsie um, disagreed with you. Yeah, I know. Wow, Wow, this lockdown's gone on a long time, is not it?
0: <laughs> we don't normally disagree on stuff either, but uh, imagine a lockdown like with players. Yeah, huh? doesn't like small players, so is that I what mean? it
2: is? <laughs> I was quite small, yeah. <laughs> the sizes, we should move a bit closer. Everyone looks small in isolation, just, <laughs> Everyone <looks laughs> far away, Selsi. <Chelsea. laughs> exactly, <laughs> all
0: right, Andy. Uh, this is your anchor by,
3: and this is a player far away. <laughs>
0: Andy, you've got two votes for Lombardo. You've got one vote for goodbye. What are you going He's going to go Darren Ambrose. You know what he's
3: like. Of course he is. Uh, do you know, this is the one number that I've seen where there's probably an argument that the current player wouldn't even get in the top three um, of the players who played in that number. I am well, he usually want to wind up Kevin and Enders at uh, any cost, but I'm not going to here. It's Lombardo. Oh, well done. Ooh. I love this game.
0: That's very fair. That's very fair. <laughs> I've got my mention in for Kabaya, but I don't think anyone can really argue with uh, Lombardo. Um, we've we've gone from one to seven. Old, new, old, new, old, new. This is great. Uh, oh. Number eight. You've got bloody hell. A lot of players. Here we go. Ian Dowie. Ray Wilkins. Tuh. Paul Warhurst. Fancy he again. Simon Roger again. Andy Johnson. Jamie Scowcroft. Neil Danz. Kg, Adlingwedura, Patrick Bamford, Loic Remy, <laughs> Loic Remy, Ruben Loftus Cheek, and uh, Czech Kiate. Um, that is a real spread of number eight, said Kevin, isn't
2: it? Again, yeah, Ruben Loftus Cheek and Andy Johnson is impossible to. Andy will be coming up again later, is not he? I don't. I think, think on so. that think Nothing at number eight. If he if he doesn't, then it's got to be Andy Johnson. I mean, Ruben Loftus Cheek is the, probably the best footballer out of that lot, but if if and if Andy Johnson's only at number eight, then Andy Johnson's got to be in the team.
0: As far as I can tell, Andy Ooh. Johnson only ever wore number eight for Crystal Palace. Okay. Uh Enders, what are you thinking then? And I, I, I want to point out we don't we're not trying to get a, a, a spread of positions here. It doesn't matter if we end up with No, like, no, no, no. You know, whatever. So um we're just going on best. What do you think, Enders? Loftus Cheek, I think, is the best player.
1: I think so. I think so. I mean, there's some great players there, but I'd, the way Loftus Cheek used to run through that midfield and move forward is just like it was beautiful to watch. It was with us for a very short length of time, but AJ, it's a nostalgia thing. But also, he was a brilliant player, but I just think if we're talking about the best player, we are talking about the best player. I'd say Loftus Cheek.
0: Uh, controversial I know no not that controversial that's absolutely fair Andy what are you thinking
3: I'm thinking I'd like to say Patrick Bamford just because nothing would wind up near the Fish <laughs> Mall <more. laughs>
0: well, <laughs> well Andy, uh, Andy are, there, are there any other players that we haven't mentioned yet from that list that even come close to getting considered for you there's some cult um, heroes in there isn't
2: there well I mean the thing is that if you talk about if you're only talking about Palace it can't be Ray Wilkins but Ray Wilkins is probably the best player out of those, out of those number eights, but just not in his brief time for us. But
0: got me Loftus cheek for me.
3: I agree with Endicott.
0: Well, I have to say, I was going to vote for Andy Johnson because I agree with Kevin on this massively. Andy Johnson was our best player in that team by some way, but Um, he wasn't
1: the best number eight
0: that we've ever had in the Premier League. Era, I think he is
1: at number eight. He's
2: entitled you, you, to his you, you, opinion, James. Especially you, I think in, he is, especially when it agrees with mine.
3: <laughs> Can't just got well, the fridge, you mean, he, he played one one season in the Premier League, didn't he for Palace?
2: Yeah, Which he did one. yeah yeah. Did yeah. score
3: twenty one goals? though yeah, yeah. Top, so, but, top, top scoring And then I I still,
2: penalties. I was still sticking with Andy Johnson. <laughs> well, Luca Maldini <Milovojevic laughs> scored mainly penalties, didn't he? But he's in. He's not. There he is. No, oh, Derry's in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only three players ago. Do you know
0: what? <laughs> Seeing as I get deciding vote, I'm going for AJ. AJ's in the squad.
2: Okay.
3: Nice. Fair
0: enough. Um, terrible. I'm interested to hear what the listeners think about that. I'm sure there'll be people yelling at their phones right now, but um, you can't overlook AJ in a best of a Palace team. I don't think. Anyway. There will uh, be
2: people yelling at their phones only because Waitrose still hasn't delivered their food yet after three weeks. That'll be why. <laughs> it won't be that fussed about whether it's Andy Johnson or <laughs> cheap. We'll
0: just be adding to their anger on top of that. Yeah. Right. Three players to go, 9, 10 and 11. And uh, let's go to Andy Street first here with number nines. And I think this is our most, it is our most populated squad number out of all of them. Uh, and here we go. Man, there's some big players in here. Chris Armstrong, Neil Shipperley, Lee Bradbury, Mikel Forsell, Dougie Friedman, Alan Lee, (laughs) Stern John, James Vaughan, Stefan Everson, here's one for the archives, David Goodwillie, Kevin Kevin Doyle, um, Yaya Sanogo, Fraser Campbell, Alex Sorloth, and Jordan Ayew. Andy Street, good luck picking a player from that.
3: I'm wondering if there's any established Premier League club who over that same period has had a collection of such bad number nine. <laughs>
0: Pretty spectacular.
3: I am going to go with Chris Armstrong, one of the players in that era that I think would thrive in the modern game. Power, pace, finishing, skill, very, very, very talented. Uh, so I'm going with Chris Armstrong.
0: I love how you've just gone the exact opposite criteria to what you did for Andy Johnson, number eight. But never mind. Um, No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. You picked an old player. Have you no? The the,
3: the criteria isn't old. It's best JD. We're not going with modern Palace team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, guys. I really sort of rethought this. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you what. I'll give you my vote because I keep doing the last one. Um, Okay. Despite what I just said, I think I'm going to agree with Andy and go for Chris Armstrong. I mean, Kevin Phillips, you know, was very good for us and scored some incredibly important goals. And Neil Shipley, I mean, I don't want to mention Neil Shipley in current line, but um, was a very good player for us and scored goals in the Premier League. Chris Armstrong, though, was just different class, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Armstrong. Kevin, what are you thinking?
2: Oh, Dougie Freeman. I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, I'd rather have Yaya Sanogo. It's three, out of three. Um, Chris Armstrong. I mean, he was. One of those rare strikes, it's a cliche, isn't it? There's a difference between a great scorer of goals and a scorer of great goals, and Armstrong did both. I mean, he, was, he had everything that a centre-forward needed, and I think Street is right. I think he would, you know, a 23-year-old Chris Armstrong would, would get into most Premier League teams. Now, he'd certainly get into ours, and he's a, he was a really, he never quite fulfilled his potential anywhere else when he left us, but he was a, he was a proper, proper number nine, so definitely Chris Armstrong for me.
0: Enders, um, I mean, Armstrong was one of those players that could score any type of goal, couldn't he? He sort of had everything about him. And I, I heard him come yeah. up on another podcast recently and they're talking about uncapped palace, uncapped Premier League footballers. Chris Armstrong came up, and I've just double-checked, one appearance for England B in 94, but no England caps. A bit of a travesty, really, for someone who's not that talented. It's terrible,
2: yeah. But he it was, it was not Alan Lee, though, was it? <laughs> you think Carlton, Carlton Palmer got 18 caps for <laughs> <at> England? <laughs> you see, Is see some of the players that didn't play for England, and Carlton Palmer got eight. It's shameful.
0: Some of the... Anyway. Enders, it's, what are you thinking? It's got to be Chris Armstrong, obviously. Yeah. yeah it has to be. It, it has, has to be, yeah. Four, four out of four. It's brilliant. Four out, of four. four out of four. I think that's the first one of us. Yes, so yes. We've yeah. got, we've got uh, two strikers so far. Okay, AJ and Armstrong. Oh, what a forward line that would be. Right. Number 10. Two to go on this week's pod. Number 10, your options. Well, Kevin will come to you first are as follows Bruce Dyer, Clinton Morrison, Sean Derry. So we can't pick him. We've already picked him. Uh, or maybe we could Sandor T- Torgelli, my word, remember him, John Macken, Nick Cole, suspect there might be streets pick <laughs> Owen Garvin, Fraser Campbell again, Yannick Bellassi and Andros Townsend. What are you thinking, Kevin? Ooh.
2: Depends on what sort of team you're putting out. It? If you need if you need a, a draw away from home, I, uh, yeah, I love Andros Townsend as a person and as a player, but Yannick Bolasie would for me would edge it. I just in terms of best, yeah, half Yannick Bellassi, who would just... Again, you you you're comparing two different things, but I've
0: yeah, Yannick. All right, uh, Yannick's yeah, yeah, a very good shout. Would definitely be up there for me. Ender's, um, what about someone like Clinton Morrison? Obviously, didn't play in the Premier League. I uh, played once no. in the Premier League for us, once, one, yeah. one goal. Yeah, but scored, shed loads of goals, for, and a very important player in our history. Does, does he get? Yeah,
1: I, I've got a lot. Obviously, a, a massive soft spot for Clinton O Morrison. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I
0: think I'm going to have to go with Balassi Wow. And your reasoning? Uh, Because Coach said it. Good. Yep. That's a good reason. Um, All right, Andy, take us through the rest of those picks then.
3: What what do you mean through the rest of them?
0: (laughs) I I, I don't know. Just get to say who I would pick.
3: Yeah, do that, Andy.
0: All right, do that. I don't know. I just feel feel like maybe we should give a nod to some of them, but actually I'm looking through them again and actually there's not many that are going to feature.
3: Uh, Nick Carl, we got quite excited about, didn't we? Because he, hmm. he bossed the game against us for Bristol City in the playoff that we Upsettingly lost under Warnock, having ended the season with 5 0 no Williams. Burnley looks outstanding with Clinton, uh, Scott Sinclair, and Victor Moses either side of Clinton. Mm. Just a wonderful front line. And I think we all thought, well, this is it. We're, we're a brilliant team. We're going to absolutely smash these clubs. And then lost in the semi final. Nick Carl was excellent. Came to us from Reading, really Clinton. And then Judy turned out to not be all that good, um, which is quite upsetting. So I, it won't be him.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's very rare actually if you to say something disparaging I've never heard you say anything disparaging about Nick Cole before ever this is well is there we go crazy.
3: I mean you, you could pick Bruce Dyer for uh, having in the playoff final in 1997 shaved the Adidas logo into the back of his head <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is obviously an iconic Palace moment um, but he was permanently offside so, despite him being, again, a lovely bloke, I don't think I'd be able to pick him. Clinton, I think, is an argument for Clinton. Mm-hmm. They play in the Premier League with Birmingham with some aplomb. Um, and he's got the best best goals per game ratio for Palace in the Premier League of any striker for gold again.
0: <laughs> True, you can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. stats. That's just stats, mate. So, who are, you to, are, you, are you going for Morrison, then? No, I'm going for Balassi. No, okay. great. all right good no. i was going to go for clinton morrison so uh that no, okay. means we don't have a tie but um yeah fair i i can understand why you're going for blassie that's a that's a fair shout um blassie come up twice now isn't he? i think yeah yeah, yeah. right our team so far our squad so far sorry nigel martin Joel ward dean gordon sean Derry, eric young scott dan johan kabai AJ, Armstrong and Balassie. I mean, that's not a bad... Wow. Last ...10 already. And we're going to round it off... Yeah, it's, it's week. next
2: week. It's next week where it gets <coughs> difficult when you're picking the best 17. <laughs> who's, a, who's your favourite number 19? <laughs>
0: mate, mate, wait till you get to number 23. They're, we are scraping <laughs> the barrel massively. Nathaniel <laughs> Penny features. Um, so next week, we'll obviously do uh, 12 to 23, and we're going to be padding out our squad. But the last one this week is going to be number 11. I'm going to Wolf. read you... well Wilf, yeah. <laughs> Uh can, do, you want to, do you want to hear the others at least before yeah. oh, Nick Wilf? Yeah. Is Wilf <laughs> Nick Wilf. <laughs> Here we go. Uh John Salako. Oh Dougie Friedman again. <laughs> Michaeli Padovano. Oh Nikki 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 Rizzo. Tommy Black oh. Julian oh. Gray. Oh. Shippley again. Clinton again. Paul Eiffel victor moses and here's where we get to some of the really big names Andy Dorman, sean scannell Stephen dobby tom ints and Wilfrid zaha yeah um, i spoke too soon wilf come on <laughs> <laughs> it's wilf isn't it wilf street yeah it's wilf yeah it's i've got
3: set a wilf of... my virtual background here that's lovely yeah so it's, it's got to be wilf um I, I mean, don't think you could if, if make a wasn't, tenable argument for anyone else.
0: You can't. If Wilf wasn't around... No, 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 let's not do was, that. No, 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 <laughs> no. no, no, no. Wolf. I just want to do, I told a the likes to John Sol- yeah, John Salarco. Brilliant. Yeah. Victor
3: right. Moses, yeah. if it's not Wilf. Nicky Rizzo. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> no, it'd be, it'd be Victor if it wasn't Wilf. If Wilf yeah. had, had never come back... In fact, no, because he, he was brilliant before he left. Had Wilf not broken through, you'd say that of the remaining choices, Victor Moses was probably the best at Palace. Um... Or John Solaco uh, because he could go and goal. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Very
2: good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are doing a squad. This is a squad game. Um, yeah. In fact, drop Wilf and put Solaco in in case the goalkeeper is yeah. injured. Can you imagine the feedback <laughs> if I do that from our listeners? No,
0: I think you have to. It, it's obviously Wilf, and that's absolutely fair. So, our 1 to 11 in our squad for this week, which will complete next week to 23, is I think this might be our first 11 as well. Nigel Martin, Joel Ward at right back, Dean Gordon at left back at number three. Sean Derry and buy in midfield, uh, Dan at six, uh, Eric Young at seven at centre back, and then we've got a front four of AJ Armstrong, Balassi and Zaha. Kenny- wow. <laughs> it was Lombardo. It was it was Lombardo, not Kabay. Kabay got the vote, didn't? It? Oh, was it Lombardo? No, no, it's Lombardo. Yeah, it's definitely Lombardo. Yeah, yeah, it's Lombardo. Oh, I thought I'll be. Oh bloody hell, that, that shows my. No, opinion. because you like Kabai. Oh, yeah, goodbye. all right, You'd written him down, you'd written him down already, haven't you? Yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. you? Cheat. <laughs> yeah, I know what he his name. Cheat oh, God. <laughs> that is the ego of being the host of the podcast. Um, in that case, we've got Martin Ward, Gordon, uh, young, and Dan as our centre backs. We've then got a midfield of Derry, Lombardo, AJ, Balassian Wilf, Armstrong. <laughs> Up front. That's a good well team. we'll work out yeah, how yeah. we do our team later on when we've got our squad players. Um lads, thank you very much for doing that one to eleven with me. Um enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, you. Yeah and you, thank Thanks you very much. much. Stay safe. Wash your, hands wash your hands and um, <laughs> stay isolated and um, have a think about those 12 to 23s. And we'll catch up with you next week. <laughs>
1: right.
0: To our listeners, okay. thanks for listening. Uh, bye. You're enjoying these nostalgic pods and uh, we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye. Yep. Bye. 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 Well bye. Uh, thank you very much. Um, if you can send me those garage band recordings, because it sounded great last week, please Blue. do. And thank you okay. very much. And Kevin, good shout for doing just one to 11, because we've got to announce. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, see you next week, lads. Cheers,